1: Welcome back, everybody. Hour number three, our final hour of the week, and our guy Matthew Collar from Purple Insider, which is a fabulous site to uh, learn new information, read the mailbag today, check out the podcast, check out the interviews, check out the back and forth. Great stuff from our guy Collar, purpleinsider.com, and Matthew, as always, is on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. So this feeble Vikings defense of late, uh, one of the worst all seasons and dreadful of late, now they face it equally feeble Colts offense. I know there's some data including the highly regarded football outsiders where they look at the passing offense for the Indianapolis Colts as bad 32nd in the league. We juxtapose this with Ed Donatel. The beleaguered defense coordinator, uh, Kevin O'Connell, raising questions about it. Anybody with eyes questioning about it. And then Ed Donatel. <laughs> and I got I to gotta admit, uh, which, what words should I use? Uh, inept, bizarre, <clears throat> um, inconsequential defense of his approach and the defense. What do you think of uh, Donatel and how he held up this week? And how the defense may play against uh, Matty Ice. By the way, a nickname I've never cared for. Have you cared for Matty Ice as a nickname caller?
2: Uh, yeah. No, I think I'm. I think I'm with you there. I, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. I mean, I, I I thought that Matt Ryan back in the day was a, a really tremendous quarterback. Like he deserved yep. to be considered one of the best. He's won the MVP. He's the elixir that the Vikings needed. Mentioned it, uh, at Donatello's press conference, when juxtaposed with what Kevin O'Connell said, just didn't really match up. I mean, Kevin no, O'Connell said, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to change coverages. We have to do some different things. And they did mix in some blitzes, as I suggested last week, but not enough. Did not create almost any pressure on Jared Goff all day, except for Zadarius Smith, which has been the case pretty much all year. But Donatello, he said it's the execution, not the scheme. And he said that rushing four all the time is fine, and that we need to tighten up on coverage, but he doesn't need to change the coverages. So like, wait, do we have a defensive coordinator who's not listening to what his head coach wants? Because I hear a guy who's just being stubborn all year long in Ed Donatel, where they've been getting away with it, but we all saw this with our two eyeballs, right? Like this defense was getting lit up by quarterbacks like Andy Dalton who are having really comfortable and yes. good days against them, and they were just getting away with it with some late big plays by guys like Patrick Peterson or Zadarius Smith, but we knew you couldn't do that all season long, especially against the good defense, and yet Donatel would go up there every week, to, oh, everything's fine, we're getting the scheme, and then for him to say that they're still learning their players, I mean, excuse <laughs> me? what? It is the <laughs> middle of December. Who are yeah. you talking about? I mean, so there's uh I don't know like I mean how I often is
1: Ed out at t c o Matthew does he just roll in like uh for a few hours? Is that why he's just learning these guys?
2: i I know right like I think I have a pretty good idea about your players, and here's yes. the real crazy thing when you look at the numbers, a lot of the PFF grades for some of the individuals are really good, and yet yes. the production is really bad, so it's not like you have no players. You have two of the best rushers in the league. You have a Hall of Fame corner. You have a potential Hall of Fame safety. You have a really good all-pro linebacker. It's like, I, okay, I get that the weaknesses are bad here, but it shouldn't be like this.
1: So I'm going to pick up on a question from the mailbag, and it's a topic we haven't discussed as much this year just because we got the new GM and Spielman is gone. But the, the question nails it. When you're looking for the Vikings' best defensive player, they have selected since 2016, by the way. I'm not saying last year's draft, which right now is giving them nothing. Let's see if the injuries are a valid excuse, and let's also account in you know, some of the players had an injury background. But as you pointed out, best defensive player. The Vikings have drafted since 2016. And the fact the debate, it might be Cam Den- Danzler, case closed. That certainly adds to part of why I maybe, if there was no pass rush and an it's a ball, and I was tremendous with the it's a ball, I could throw for, I think, 247 yards.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, and, and that's the thing. Like, they were left with a very empty cupboard when it came to this defense, and they had to build it. Through free agency, that, you know, getting Zadarius Smith is the move of the year of anyone's offseason pretty much, right? The guy's leading the NFL in pressures, and he was uh, kind of brought in for a song. And But some of these other moves, you know, they invested in a run-stopping defensive tackle in Harrison Phillips. Well, he's got almost no pressure this year on the quarterback. They got a linebacker in Jordan Hicks who's known for his blitzing, and they don't blitz him. I mean, it's like, well, some of these things. That, and then they drafted two corners and a safety to try to fix The secondary but we know this fixing things through the draft they didn't fix the right guard position through the draft either year after year teams try to fix things through the draft doesn't work and the only money they spent on the secondary this offseason was chandon sullivan who's been one of the worst corners in the league and i think that if they were to redo it they probably would go back in time and sign a veteran corner or two outside of patrick peterson and uh, you know, maybe spend a little more money there and a little less money on a run stuffer. They picked up this guy Kyrus Tonga off free, or off somebody else's practice squad, and he's been a fine run stuffer. You could get those anywhere. They didn't have to spend that type of money on, on stopping the run. So I think that you know, there, there are some things to go back in question, but also you can look at Rick Spielman's drafting on the defensive side and go, yeah, this was kind of bound to happen that they would have to piece together a defense. Horrible. I mean, you can't go that
1: long without, I'm not even talking pro bowl. I'm not talking all pro. I'm talking quality starters because Cam Dantzler, we don't know yet if he's that. So I want to get to Hawkinson and Irv Smith because Hawkinson catches the ball most of the time. He's (laughs) he's got a couple notable drops, but he's still a, a plus player. But multiple places this week in in consuming information about the Vikings and looking ahead to our conversation, I've seen some pretty awful numbers about Hawkinson and the Vikings' run when he's on the field. And then now Irv Smith, apparently back sooner than we expected. How do
2: those two work together? Yeah, when they acquired T.J. Hawkinson, one thing – that i i tried to point out but you know nobody really wants to hear anything negative about the player you acquire he is not a run blocker not at all not even really a little i mean he is a pure receiving tight end he's basically a wide receiver three with hair and a facial hair that looks like a tight end and he looks
1: uh, like uh, a guy who should block
2: right because he's big yes well, he's, he's pretty big, although I think that his listed weight maybe isn't quite accurate from standing near him. But also at Iowa, he was really touted as this all-around guy. Remember, it was him and Noah Fant, and people said, well, Noah Fant's more the receiving guy, Hawkinson's all around. So that kind of carries with you what your reputation was, but there's no evidence that he's a good run blocker. His PFF grades have been very poor in that area. They haven't run the ball well since they've had him, and usually the tight end is kind of a big part of the rushing attack and uh, you know, I, but I think as far as you know, getting Irv Smith back, eventually Irv Smith's going to be tight end number two. I mean, they traded a lot for DJ Hawkinson and mm-hmm. he is, yep. He's been very effective in the receiving game. If he, if he holds on to that one last week, uh, we might have had a slightly different game. But, I mean, overall, he's been extremely effective, and he's given that security blanket, but he also can go down the field a little bit where Irv did not look like he was really fitting in. Irv doesn't really run block either. So you kind of just have to make some of those concessions. But I think if Irv Smith does come back, we're talking maybe like 10 plays a game because he's been hurt so many times, and he really didn't fit in the offense to begin with. So can you run some bigger personnel from time to time and send those guys out as receivers, look for some mismatches? But you know, I, I don't know that it's going to be the thing that takes their offense to a different level.
1: Uh, last thing, and Matthew Kotler is with us from Purple Insiders, uh, absolutely on the weekends. Pay really close attention to Purple Insider. And again, tomorrow is the game. It is a noon Saturday start. Okay, how does the plowing, how does the snow blowing – how does the shoveling work out with you and Sloan? If you don't know, Matthew, we we alluded to this often. Matthew's married to the great Sloan Martin, formerly CCO. She's ascending to stardom. How does this play out? With uh, I'm assuming you've got drive like a driveway like 50 yards, 75 yards, something like that. What happens?
2: Okay, it's, it's, yeah, it's not 75. It's probably, yeah, probably like, 30 to 50 somewhere in that range it's not that long oh. but it's hundred percent it's a hundred percent my responsibility yeah that is all on me oh. I am uh, you know of the things that are done around the house most are done by me and that's one of the uh, I mean when you have oh, a Edison. celebrity you know like you just have yeah. to make sure you keep them happy uh, but no the, Sloan is from California and so she will always be a California girl when it comes to the snow and the ice and everything else. I mean, at one point, we were putting, like, chains on her boots so she didn't fall over and stuff. I am from Buffalo. This is nothing. This is nothing at all for me.
0: Yeah.
1: We might have to play that here again. Let's make sure we save that. When Matthew said, most of the stuff around the house is done by me. I mean,
2: (laughs) There are no ones being told on the station. All
1: right. Well, tell her we say hello, and uh, I'll be paying attention tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk next week, man.
2: Okay, also, quick plug, I'm hosting on Sunday yep. morning at 10, the huddle. Oh! Tell okay, everyone. With Pete.
1: Are, are yep, you and Pete hosting? Yep. Oh. Do you got a nugget for us? Anything you're going to pursue a little bit different?
2: I mean, it's two football guys talking football, right, after yeah. the game, and then there's game Sunday. It's going to be great.
1: This isn't going to turn into like Buffalo Sabres fan line, is it? <laughs>
2: I mean, no, it's, it's two football dudes talking ball. What else yeah, can it be? I mean, true. that that was our right. show prep. Yeah, the producer, Charlie, emailed me like, what do you guys want to talk about? I'm like, I don't know, football?
1: Yeah, that seems to make sense. All right, brother, <laughs> Sunday, 10 o'clock, Collar and Pete Nigerian. I will be listening. Uh, enjoy the ball game tomorrow, sir.
2: All right, thanks for having me, Chad.
1: Another reminder, we like to drink. Details when we come back. <sighs>